0: I'm Grace and Michelle and this is her moment in history this week we are doing I actually forgot the conservationist. That form, conservationist to which you said it to me and I went I literally only know of one person who does that so I'm doing them and I'm interested to see mm-hmm. who you do <laughs> so you yeah. go
1: first who are you doing I mean I'm gonna tell a story about how I got to this, okay. this person I mean, I, I watched the documentary of the person you're mm-hmm. doing, no spoilers, on a plane to Canada mm-hmm. last year, <laughs> um, but, but then, no, I just read a, a National Geographic article, and like, unless people keep up to date with National Geographic, they're going to know that I'm two years behind. You could um, have very
0: easily, like, <laughs> just totally gone over that, Just been like, yeah, I'm up to date, we just recorded this two years ago, and, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what yeah. we did. But yeah, they did an article about her, and then I thought she was really interesting, so I suggested we do an episode on her. Cool. So, she is Diane Fozzie. Mm-hmm. Because usually my mum asks me every time before we record, who are you doing this week? And she actually knew this person for once. Oh!
0: I uh, told my mum who I was doing this week, and um, she had no idea. Uh-oh. Yeah, She said, is she, is she this person? I went, I don't know, I think so. And she was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: so i'm doing um diane Mm Fozzie. she was an american primatologist Mm -hmm. and conservationist she was known for undertaking an extensive study of mountain gorillas Mm -hmm. so she was born in san francisco on the 16th of july not july january (laughs) very different 1932 okay So, growing up, her parents were divorced, and she grew up with her mother and her stepfather. And then she went to college at Marin Junior College, and she chose to focus on business because her stepfather was a wealthy businessman. Okay. So, she thought, that would be a good idea. And then, so while she was at school, she, at age 19, she worked on a ranch in Montana in the summer. And at the ranch she developed a love of animals but then she got chicken pox so she had oh. to leave early.
0: I can't imagine there's many gorillas on a ranch in Montana.
1: No, not in Montana. No. So the experience made her change her study to pre veterinary school at the University of California. Mm-hmm. And so she she did that. But she found a lot of the chemistry and physics courses quite difficult, understandably. So she changed her degree to occupational therapy. Oh. So she started to intern at a load of hospitals in California, Mm -hmm. and she worked with a lot of tuberculosis patients. Oh, okay. And then she moved to Louisville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Is that... Is KY Kentucky? I don't know. These
0: I things. assume so. I don't think there's another state that begins with a K. Kansas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's not got a Y in it, so yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, and then she, she was hired as the Director of Occupational Therapy at Department for the, at Kaseya Crippled Children Hospital. But while she was there, she lived on the outside of the city, on a, a cottage, on a little farm, where the owners of it um, like encouraged her to help work with the animals because she enjoyed it that so much. That sounds amazing. I know. And then her friend randomly went to Africa, and she came back and showed her a load of pictures and stories from her mm-hmm. trip. And then, like she saw them, and she was just, she was like, "I have to go, so I'm gonna go." So, she spent years, like, saving up just to travel to Africa. Mm -hmm. And then she she ended up going in 1963. Mm -hmm. And she had to take out a bank loan. And, uh, because she borrowed $8,000, which was about one year's salary back then. Wow. And she put all her life savings towards it and then went on a seven-week trip to Africa. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And she, there was nothing, she just, like, visited at that mm-hmm. point. But when she came back, she she visited with someone called Dr. Louis Leakey. Mm-hmm. He's in which, mind. That f- is yeah. he? Oh, yeah, he is. He's got connections, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Who was telling her about the work of um, Jane Goodall mm-hmm. uh, with chimpanzees because she was, like, three years into her work mm-hmm. there and she was really interested in it. But he was just sort of talking to her about it. It wasn't like anything she was planning on doing mm-hmm. yet. Oh, right. So, back when she was in Africa. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this is. I, I don't know why there was the random bit with the scientists. Maybe she met him there? I I'm not quite this sure. This is why you need to rewrite your research before you record. I know. <laughs> so, she stayed at. It was called the Traveler's Rest, which was a small hotel in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Which was close to the Virunga Mountains and their mountain gorillas. And so the, the hotel owner was a big advocate for gorilla conservation and, like, saw the benefits of bringing tourism around the gorillas, like, to saving mm-hmm. them. Um, and while she was there, she met with Joan and Alan Root, who were wildlife photographers in Kenya. And, um, and they were taking. They took her out um, to see some mountain gorillas for a f- photographic documentary they were doing. Nice. She she wrote a passage in a in a book called Gorillas in the Mist that when she first watched them, it was she says what she said it was their individuality combined with the shyness of their behavior that remained the most captivating impression of this first encounter with the greatest of the great apes. Ah. Oh. That's poetic. So she came back from the trip and she resumed her work in the children's hospital to pay off her Mm -hmm. loans, but like the whole time thinking that she just wanted to go back. It's
0: so weird that she was like, yeah, this is what I'm passionate about. And then it was like, you could take this trip and go find something else you're completely passionate about that means that whilst you're doing the thing you are previously passionate about, you're not really going to be there in your mind. You're going to be elsewhere.
1: (laughs) But while she was back she, she found a lot of time to write articles and uh, photographs mm-hmm. to like publish them, um, from her trip. And, um, this is what I think what connected her with Dr. Leakey, because um, he did a lecture tour in 1966 and she managed to talk to him and showed him some of her articles. And, um, this, it got his attention and he was talking about this long term field project to study gorillas in africa mm-hmm. and so he said that she can she can do this but what she has to do is have her appendix removed before before going why
0: it's a weird kind of initiation <laughs> ritual
1: i mean he like she did it she got her appendix removed but then he just said it was mainly a way of like seeing how determined she what was. What the to hell? Her. That's not a good... <laughs> I know. T- ...strategy. I know, it's very weird. That's, that's very peculiar.
0: Although I suppose, okay. though, to be fair, at least he picked that and not something that, like, she would need. Like, you got to yeah. give me, like, your left eye.
1: <laughs> oh my God, that's so weird.
0: Mm. I also mm. didn't realise you could go and ask for your appendix to be removed if you didn't need to get it removed.
1: She works in a hospital, so she probably could have just, like, taken it out herself. I, I don't, don't think know. she could have, like, just cut herself open and taken an appendix out. She'd be like, oh, yeah, you what are you doing? But she'd know people. <laughs> she'd be like, hey, Steve, cut this out for me, yeah? And Steve's
0: like, yeah, sure, need the practice. <laughs> don't already have enough on me plate. Oh, wait, they're all yeah. American, aren't they?
1: <laughs> That's exactly how they talk yeah, anyway. Yeah, I thought so. So, it did take Dr. Leakey eight months to find the funding for to send her to Africa. Um, so, in this time, she managed to pay off her debts, and she started to teach herself Swahili. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, from a grammar book that she got called Teach Yourself Swahili. Hey, it says what it is on the tin. <laughs> She said it was very hard saying goodbye to her family and friends, but especially hard leaving her dogs behind. I thought
0: you were going to say, like, she found it very hard to say goodbye in
1: Swahili. And <laughs> I was like...
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, really? What's the word? But, oh, no, fair, fair enough. That's really sad. I'm sorry.
1: So, in December 1966, she was off to Africa again. Mm-hmm. And so she arrived in Nairobi, in Ken- Kenya, mm-hmm. with the help of Joan Root, who was one of the photographers, From before. And then they set off for Congo. In this old canvas top Land Rover. Which she called Lily. That's really cute. I know. Which Dr Leakey had purchased for her. And um, on the way there. They stopped at the Gombe Stream Research Mm Centre. To meet Jane Goodall Mm -hmm. And observe her research methods. With the chimpanzees. And so. Alan Root. The previous photographer guy Mm. was with diane Fuzzy most of the time that she was going from kenya to congo because he was like helping get permits and stuff for her to work in the virunga mountains and he helped her to recruit two african men who would stay and work with her at the camp and he also, like, set up the camp, or helped set up the camp, and gave her a brief introduction to gorilla tracking. <laughs> That's a course. So, this, this, she it talks about how the first time she saw a gorilla, they'd only been walking for ten minutes, and then she just saw a lone male gorilla sunning himself. Whoa! That must have been so magical. Mm. But then... um he heard them and then he ran oh, away. Okay, that's <laughs> magical. So then, someone called Senwekewi—okay, definitely said that wrong—joined the group and helped to tr- track the gorillas, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, so then she started to uh, settle into life at this the Kabara camp, which is what it was called. And so where she lived was a 7 by 10 foot tent, which I have no idea the proportions of that because we don't <laughs> do feet. So 7 by what? 7 by 4? 10. 10. Okay. And this served as a bedroom, bath, office and clothes drying air. Okay, that is very small. <laughs> And the meals were prepared in a rundown wooden building that rarely, incu- rarely included local fruits and vegetables other than potatoes. So they mostly ate just tinned food and potatoes, pretty much. Oh, God. And isn't then that, like, every what... month they'd take a two-hour drive to restock. That's like what they eat in the army, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. ugh. So over time she eventually identified three guerrilla groups at this mountain. Mm -hmm. And at first the gorillas would flee as soon as they saw her coming. Mm. But she just slowly just kept watching them from a distance uh, to gain their acceptance. But then she started to put them at ease by imitating, like, their gestures. Whoa! So, like, scratching and feeding and, like, copying the vocalisations. And then she, like, through observation, she began to identify... Or the individuals that made each group mm-hmm. and it was particularly nose prints that she used which she got from a previous uh, primatologist george shawler shower um who used nose prints and so she'd sketch the gorillas and their nose prints from a distance and then slowly like came to recognize them each distinct group by like their nose that's prints. so cool i know <laughs> it's crazy And she used to like keep detailed accounts of all the gorillas' activities. Whoa. And so she she kept working there and every day she'd go and hike and try and find the gorillas and then come back. But during this time there was a very bad political situation going on in Congo. Um so she returned to camp one day and they found armed soldiers waiting for them. Oh, Yeah, and there there was a a rebellion in the Kivu province of Zaire, Zaire, (coughs) and the soldiers had come to escort her down the mountain to safety. And so she spent two weeks in Rumagabo under military guard. And then on July the 26th, she was able to escape. So she offered guards cash if they'd let her get her car registered and then she could go back to working which they accepted and were like off you go (laughs) Mm, bribed yeah and so she went to the traveler's Rest hotel where she stayed the first time she visited she informed the ugandan military and then the people who like arrested her were arrested themselves and so she was like warned to not go back to zaya where her camp was so she, she left Congo, but she went to Kenya, where she met with Dr. Leakey mm-hmm. for the first time in, like, seven months. And they both decided against the U.S. Embassy that she would stay and con- continue her work in, like, Africa. Okay. With all the stuff going mm-hmm. down. And so in 1967, she... I'm not sure if this is a new camp or the same camp.
0: I assume it would have to be a new camp.
1: I'm guessing because, like, so, because this is a Karisoke camp. Okay. Which she founded. Oh, yeah, she, she moved her focus to the Volcanoes National Park, which is where this camp is. And she met a woman named Rosamund Carr, who had lived in Rwanda for some time and was, like, she knew the country pretty mm-hmm. well. And um, she was she was a, a Belgian woman, well, she, so she knew the language and she could, like, help her out with the political situation and stuff. And when she moved, and so she had someone who could speak her language. And they, they ha- well, she helped her find an appropriate site for a new camp to continue to study the gorillas. But Diane Fuzzy was, like, disappointed to find, like, most of the slopes of the the volcano sites were full of herds of cattle and they were frequent poachers. Oh. But then after two weeks of searching, she she found a particular site near an extinct volcano, which would become the Karasoki Research Centre, which she founded. So one of her friends there was an interpreter for her. And so when her friend left, she was left with these Rwandan men who couldn't speak Swahili. Oh... So they had to communicate through like hand gestures and facial expressions. Interesting. But they like, they eventually learned to communicate. Okay. And so she basically did what she was doing before and just made the gorillas feel like comfortable around her and copy the the gestures, wonderful yeah. gestures and stuff. And she would follow six groups of gorillas in this region. Oh, so one of her tricks to to get the gorillas closer was to chew on celery. And then the it would because they'd see the food and they'd come closer. Oh, I
0: see. I was like, "What is that? Like, just a weird imitating thing?" To be like, "Look, I can eat it too."
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then in nineteen sixty eight, National Geographic sent photographers over to photograph her in her work. Mm -hmm. And like at first, she saw his presence as like an intrusion but then they become friends so it's okay. that's kind of what made her famous was from this article and so while she was out there she started to feel inadequate with her academic qualifications so to amend this she enrolled at the department of An- animal behavior at darwin college cambridge oh my god in 1970 okay and she studied under dr robert hind mm-hmm. which had been jane goodall's supervisor mm-hmm. And she would travel between Cambridge and Africa until 1974, where she completed her PhD. Ah. Oh. And so, with a degree, she thought she could be taken more seriously, mm-hmm. and so, like, get more funding, more respect of her research and everything, which is sort of what happened. But she also started to notice how big of a threat the gorillas were under because, the. Poaching in cattle herders would often kill the gorillas and set traps for them. I just
0: don't understand why, like that's like a thing. Like why would you want to? I get that like it's a thing that people want to, I just don't understand the reasons. Yes.
1: But she she fought off poachers Good. and um, encroachment by herds of cattle. Um, so she used to, like, wear masks to scare the poachers. She'd burn snares. She'd spray paint cattle to discourage herders from bringing them into the park. Pure anarchy. <laughs> and sometimes she'd just take on the poachers, like, directly. Love it. To confrontation. <laughs> um, and she called it active, active conservation. But they weren't really popular among... The locals who you know I were just can't trying to imagine live. Imagine why. Mm. And so, like, the park guards weren't equipped to enforce laws at all. So she was pretty much left on her own. Mm-hmm. But as a last resort, she used her own funds to help purchase boots, uniforms, food, and to provide additional wages to the park wardens, so they'd put up anti-poaching methods to try and stop this happening, mm. which it did quite a good job. There was, like, so she carried on with her research, and she established herself as a true friend of the mountain gorilla. Aww. And there was a particular gorilla who she formed a close connection, and he was called Digit. I like that name. I know. And, um, so he was... And she first met him he was about five years old and living in group four and um, he had a damaged finger on his right hand which is why it's called digit that's kind of mean (laughs) (laughs) it's like scar's name yeah and he had no playmates in his group his own age and so he was drawn to her and she was drawn to him and the true friendship formed And then it gets very sad. Oh. Because poachers kill Digit. What? On the thirty first of December nineteen seventy seven. Oh. I mean
0: I kind of thought the next bit was gonna be that he died, but I assumed it'd be like, you know, old age but oh, no, brutal. Okay.
1: Very brutal. No. But he died trying to defend his group and he was he was stabbed multiple times and his head oh! and hands were severed. And there were so many deaths in the group that, like, the group just disbanded. Oh, my God. And it was, like, it was this that really struck uh, Diane Fozzie to declare war on the poachers. Um, And so a big part of a photo shoot with the National Geographic had been a photo with Digit. Oh. And so they started using his face as, like... The campaign... The, the campaign. She established the Digit Fund, which raised money for active con- conservation mm-hmm. and anti-poaching methods. Good, I like it. She she did. She left Africa for a while. She moved to New York, and she was a, an associate professor at Cornell University. And um, she used this time away from the camp to focus on a manuscript. Gorillas in the Mist. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, her account of the time with the gorillas. And there's a movie about it as well.
0: Yes, I think that is the thing that my mum thought that mine had done. And um, I was like, I take, I'm not sh- No. So, but yeah. So I, my mum knew of yours but did not know of
1: mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then Diane did go back to Rwanda. Mm-hmm. And then Not long after, it was a few weeks before her 54th birthday, she was murdered. Wait, wait, uh, what? What? She was murdered. You said that very Um, quickly. I know. I didn't quite know how to say it in a a way that wasn't dramatic, so I just said it outright. Okay. Um, So her body was found... In her cabin on the morning of December 27th, 1985. Um, she was struck twice on the head and the face with a machete. There's no evidence of, like, a robbery, but there's definite en- evidence of forced entry. I, it's thought to be poachers yeah, who what I would have said. killed her, but there's there's a lot of theories about it, and nothing's ever been really confirmed. She was laid to rest in the graveyard um, behind her cabin at the Karasoke camp. And she is right next to her beloved Digit. Oh, that that took a turn very
0: quickly. I know.
1: I didn't quite know how to...
0: But the um,
1: the Digit Fund charity was renamed the Diane Fozzie. The Fozzie Fund... Mm -hmm. Which, it basically is continuing on conservation for gorillas. And it just is using her death as well as digits. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh. I know. I was like, I was reading it. It really threw me because I was just reading the article. And I was just like, she was murdered. Yeah. Okay. Oh.
0: It's weird that, like please don't kill animals and then someone gets so angry that you've asked them not to kill animals that they then kill you and you say that you don't you don't prove anything with that except from that you are a worse person that like yeah it's yeah
1: very weird i mean to them i don't know if they knew how like famous she was but I think I think like killing
0: is a is a pretty like regardless of how famous yeah. somebody is I suppose they didn't expect it to get as much traction as it did, but
1: yeah. yeah I mean now though you can actually still go to the the camp and the like the tourism there is mostly centered on like seeing the gorillas mm. but in a way that is gentle to their environment and conservation good good. so it's very limited numbers are allowed in at Mm -hmm. a time but you can still go see them good and that's diane fozzy I was oh
0: thank you very much you have a quick break yep cool we'll be back in a second welcome to stem fatale your women in science history podcast i'm emlyn gremlin i'm emma dilemma and we're two stem phd students (laughs) (laughs) trying to learn more about the women that science history has overlooked every episode we tell the story of a historical female scientist We discuss their struggles, research accomplishments, and get into the crazy-banana sexism they faced in pursuing their scientific dreams. Do you like stories about escaping from the Nazis? We got them! (laughs) Or stories about NASA's lack of understanding of the female body? Yeah, we got those too. We've got it all! So take a listen and go Go stimulate stimulate yourself!
1: (laughs) Welcome back. Yes. So now it's your
0: turn. It is my turn. So I'm doing Jane Goodall. <gasps> what? I can't believe it. I know. <laughs> Shock. Who saw it coming? Um. So um, I kind of feel like she should have gone first. Maybe. Because the dates cross over a lot as well. Yeah,
1: she started first. Um.
0: Yeah, I don't want to say, like, you know, mine started first, but she did. Um, <laughs> so um, so Jane Godall was born um, Valerie Jane Morris Godall mm-hmm. so big name, in um, April 3rd, 1934 in London, mm. so over the pond, um, to a businessman who was called Mortimer Herbert and a novelist who was called Margaret uh, Myfanwy uh, Joseph. So mm. we had some cracking names Amazing. to begin with. Right. And she was interested in animal behavior from a very very early age. Mm. Um, and yes from an early like they say that a lot in articles like so and so was into this from an early age and I'm like, mm, were they though or yeah. does that just make it seem a bit more dramatic? But for some reason her parents gave her a stuffed chimp as a child. And I don't mean like teddy bear. I mean like an actual taxidermy an actual chimp.
1: Okay. That's yeah. very weird. But also, yeah, their surprisingly, show it makes a little sense.
0: Yeah, that is actually a good point. 1930s mm. as well. So yeah, um, and surprisingly, people were horrified when they saw it, but she loved it. It was called Jubilee. Oh. Um, she actually still has it. Oh.
1: That's really yeah.
0: sweet. Yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. Um. Anyway, so she left school um, at 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know what education was like then, but I've seen that means like she did, uh, O-levels? Maybe. No, it been before that. She did like that, that thing, college, and then uh, left school. Mm-hmm. And she worked as a secretary and film production assistant until, um, in 1957, she got the chance to go to Africa. Whoa. So it was like more of just, um, yeah, just a, a trip and it was because um blah, blah, blah. she was like invited there by um louis leakey mm-hmm. um same person mm-hmm. um and obviously he was a paleontologist an anthropologist and it it actually the reason she she knew him was because he was a friend of a friend oh. and she was like well I, I love animals i want to talk to someone about animals and the friend was like well i know this guy he's also really into animals, give him a call. Mm -hmm. So she was like, great, I'm just going to call him. We're going to talk about animals on the phone. It's going to be absolutely great. And he was amazed um, by kind of her knowledge about it already and just invited her to go and work with him. Whoa. Yeah, just as a chance. Um, So he believed that there was a link between chimps and, like, people Mm -hmm. um, in some way, which at the time... Was kind of mm, mm-hmm. people didn't really know still, um, so he thought that going to like see them in the wild would then prove this, just like watch their behavior and things. Mm-hmm. So she went out and established the Gombe Stream Game Reserve, mm-hmm. which is uh, where Diane went, uh, and it was established in 1960 when she was 27, and it was to observe chimp behavior. That is now uh, a national park. Oh well, so yeah. Um, the reserve was really isolated, um, and uh, Jane worked on her own, completely alone, for two years.
1: Whoa. That's got to do something. Yeah, I know.
0: It's like completely alone. I was like, she must be messed up in the head after that. Yeah. Like, yeah, she had no map oh either, my God. Uh, and no defense.
1: Crazy.
0: And there were hundreds of creatures. That could have killed her. I can't believe she's still alive. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, they, she had like, uh, there were snakes there, buffaloes there, and something else that I think I have misspelled, um, but another really dangerous creature out mm-hmm. there that I'm not going to pretend I did spell right. Uh, so when she first arrived, obviously she was like dropped off from the beach and she walked from the beach up inland uh, for just hours just to try and see chimps. And she spent the first four to five months on her own seeing very little except trees.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. How would you even get out of that situation, though? I don't know, because
0: this is, like, before, like... I mean, phones were a thing. They
1: were rare. But,
0: yeah, I don't think she had, like, a mobile and she was like, I've made a bad mistake. I'm on my own in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Please come and pick me up. I want to go home. Uh, But no, she stuck it out. I think also, like, she wouldn't have done if she could have because she was there, passionate about it. Uh, And once she saw uh, the chimps, she got to know them. She kind of gave them all names uh, and she recognised that they all had personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was quite weird in the field because previously when you were kind of observing... um, animals they were only given numbers they weren't given names at all because they were just kind of a thing you were observing i find that so Um,
1: bizarre
0: i suppose yeah because now we all of course you give them a name like when you go to the zoo they've all got names and things like that but before that just wasn't a thing for some reason yeah and then one day while she was observing them uh she watched uh one use a stick to fish, fish out for termites. Whoa! And so she was like, they use tools, mm. which was amazing. Uh, so this was, you know, fantastically supportive, obviously of like Leakey's idea that there was a link between humans and mm-hmm. chimps. Um, and then she watched them also like strip the leaves off of the tools to make them more effective. She also saw that they expressed emotions like people do, of joy and sorrow. Mm. She watched them kiss one another. Uh, they used to pat each other on the back (laughs) and they used to also, like, tickle one another as a game. Yeah. Um, She also um, saw them hunt. Mm. So they all used to kind of get together and they used to hunt another monkey, which was called um, a colobus monkey, I think it's pronounced. Mm. Um, And the chimps ate a third of the population of the colobus monkeys each year.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Which... Which is, yeah, brutal, but also changed the previously thought ideas about diet, Mm. because they didn't realise that they would eat other monkeys before. Um, She also saw uh, that there was, like, female dominance within chimps, Um, so um, mm, uh, female chimps will also, they will will kill the young of other chimps to assert dominance over them. I've heard
1: that before. It's, like... So Which, yeah. I know bears do that. If they're hungry, they'll just eat their young. Or another's young. Which,
0: mm. I know that fish do that, don't they? They eat either own young. Do they? I think so. I just know that when we used to have fish, <laughs> and they used to give birth, we had to give them a... We had to separate oh, the to another little time. But tank. the mother didn't eat them. Because otherwise they'd get eaten. It was
1: the other fish who ate them.
0: Ah, uh, well still, they eat... One another's young. That's I don't know. It's really weird, you know if like someone said to people that like, you're gonna eat their baby, I'd be like, no. Watch mother. I was like mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Uh yeah. Um So yeah, this though it obviously didn't show there was a link between people and chimps, because people don't do mm-hmm. that. Um, it did show that chimps obviously had this, like, aggression, mm-hmm. whereas um, before even Jane herself thought that chimps were kinder than people, um, they, they obviously aren't. Yeah. Um, she um, also formed, like, a bond with them, as you would kind of expect, um, and the chimps actually then thought that she was one of them, and so they accepted her into their group. Uh-huh. She was a low-ranking member of their group, mm-hmm. But she um, is still to this day part of um, and was the only person to ever kind of be accepted by Whoa, the Whoa, that's so sweet. Yeah. So after kind of this all happened, she was put into the headlines, um, uh, which seems like amazing. But she was put into the headlines for the kind of they focused on the wrong things. So they focused on the fact that she was a woman. Of course. Um, and the fact that she didn't have any formal education, like past, mm. um, like form, uh, like past eighteen, so she didn't have any degrees. Um, but they weren't really looking at what she had found out, which was really, really bad. And even scientists were trying to slander her because of her lack of um, education in the area, yeah, which
1: is what Diane Fuzzy like.
0: Yeah, which is Good. really annoying. Um, and yeah, she was the first one of the um. That did you come across the 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 name Trinex? Yes, yes I did. Yeah, because there was the three of them. There was Jane Goodall, Diane Fuzzy, and I'm probably going to pronounce her name wrong, and I'm really sorry. Is it
1: um, Brute Galdicus? I only read the name. I have no idea how you pronounce it. Okay, um,
0: and then obviously they were all yeah studying so. Uh, Jane did the chimps and then Diane did the gorillas and then Brute did the orangutans. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Um, And Jane was then the first of the Mm Trimates. So in 1964, she married a Dutch uh, photographer who was sent to film her work in 1962. who was called Hugo van um, Lawick and they had a son together called uh, Hugo-Erik-Louis. And then in 1965, she uh went to study at the university of cambridge Ooh. uh and awarded and was awarded her phd in if eth- the uh ethology mm. she was the eighth person to be awarded a phd without the without an undergrad degree
1: Whoa.
0: at cambridge university um mm-hmm. and she'd been sent there obviously on like Leakey's yeah. kind of word yes. and defunded her going <laughs> um She divorced uh, Hugo in 1974 and her family kind of lived in Gombe until 1975 while she was doing her field Mm -hmm. work. Which seemed like a strange but also fantastic place to bring up a child.
1: Yeah. I remember this from the documentary I watched where there was a lot of discussion about whether they should bring the child up around this environment or not. I mean... I thought like quick enough I <laughs> <laughs> quick enough yeah that's a word yeah I like mm-hmm. it so I think yeah. this is maybe one of our more specific areas
0: <laughs> yeah very <laughs> I mean it's cause yeah we don't seem to have a middle ground we either go like really broad yeah or we go like really niche
1: There's I think not... you get interesting either way
0: yes you do very yeah
1: so that that's this episode
0: I liked it and a lot of crossover like they were in the same circle oh
1: oh, you can probably find a picture of them (sighs) together yes we'll put the other woman in there too yes we didn't mention yeah
0: and it's just because there's not three of us that that she did not get her
1: own section maybe Um, I'm sure is equally
0: fantastic yeah Mm.
1: have you got your recommendation of the episode so the last episode we recorded, did we mention Little Women? Yes, we did. I want to mention it again?
0: <laughs> okay. Have you been to see it again? Yes. What since the last time you re-went to see it?
1: Oh no, I saw you since then. So no, so I've seen it okay. three times. Oh no, you! I thought you'd only seen it. Oh twice. no, no, no! I went. I went with Arvin in Edinburgh. Oh wow. He loved it. I am glad... yeah. He it's got a three good film. Pringles. Of course he did. In that showing. How? It was very expensive. It was. It was like um, eleven pound fifty a ticket. Well, I mean me and Mum went to the cinema the other
0: day, I think it was. And it we, we just went to go watch like just the film and it was eleven quid. For a ticket.
1: It's ridiculous. And I bet you didn't even get Pringles. It is ridiculous.
0: We didn't get Pringles.
1: Ridiculous. We actually got were well, the
0: worst seats in the cinema and this is no exaggeration. Well, you know when you watch like the before bit of the, the trailer the, all the trailers in the films and i was like I, I can't tell who any of these actors are in these mm-hmm. films but i'm sure i would recognize one if i was looking at them properly mm-hmm. and i genuinely thought that every single actor in these films that was being advertised that one eye was halfway down their face <laughs> and i was like this is a really interesting film that every <laughs> single actor looks like that but the film isn't about that and i was getting very very impressed and then i moved spaces slightly just a little bit to the right like two seats Mm -hmm. over still hurt my neck watching it i was like oh no i just uh no the um all the actors don't know like benedict cumperpatch it's um it was just the way i was sitting
1: cool what was it you saw 11
0: pounds i went